0: we
1: Another episode of the Mixed Witches podcast. This is our third episode recording today, and as you have seen from both of the previous episodes in the previous two weeks, it's been a long day. You guys, you guys yeah. aren't even seeing what when we started the day. <laughs> nope. Because I guarantee you, the timer on our phone conversation is past eight hours. So yes. I just sat here
2: and realized that our topics for this month kind of go together, like all the way around.
1: Yeah. A which was bit. which was not planned. No, that's I was
2: like, that's weird. The kind o- of like you could kind of string them together in a way.
1: Yeah. The only thing planned was the order they went in. That was the only <laughs> thing.
2: And not even together. Like individually.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you posted yours, and then I came through and said, "I'll yeah, oh, figure out yeah. which ones go together." These <laughs> sound right. but I Sounds agree. Great. So, so with that in mind, what are you talking about today? Tell the listeners what what topic you have for them.
2: Well, I thought we would bring it. We would be bring it back and remix the sacral chakra. Remix, specifically focused on. How do you strengthen and heal your sacral chakra? I touched on it before when I was explaining the sacral chakra, but I didn't really get into it. And we were just talking about this, that feeling to redo some of the things we've talked about. Hence, I definitely feel that, because I picked two things we've already talked about. (laughs) But I got a calling, basically, is what we will say, that my sacral chakra needs attention, and it needs it now. So, fully going to spend, definitely this week, I can't even promise myself a whole ass month, like, just baby steps, but definitely going to spend a lot of time on two of my chakras. We will get to the other one. But, if you would like to hear about the sacral chakra, go listen to that episode. If you remember then here we are, because I'm actually not going to explain it. I'm just going to talk about the things you can do to it. I have the sources right here. I used lonerwolf.com, as I've used before. I also went on wellandgood.com, and nomadswithapurpose.com. Also, satincrystals.com. They all had good sacroshapra information. I recommend that you read the articles for yourself because they have links and things, and links to books and things. So, I know this is something I didn't actually get to say before for the sacral chakra because I didn't know about it or think about it. But, important information are sacral chakra forms when we are between the ages of 8 and 14.
1: Yeah, Which is that when we're beginning to right.
2: develop a sense of self. I thought the same thing. I was like, "Wow, that makes so much sense.
1: It all strings together."
2: Especially if you are a lovely cisgender female like the two of us are, probably started your period around that time. Hmm. So. I literally thought about it the other day. I was like, this will be, this will be the, this year is like 10 years of me having my period. And I'm still struggling with this bitch. Because I don't know why she wants to change every month, but she does.
1: This will be (laughs) 13 for me. Jesus, fuck.
2: Damn.
1: Wait. (sighs) I don't, wait. How old was I in sixth grade? I was.
2: You started yours in sixth grade.
1: Yeah. How
2: old was I? I think I was in seventh grade, actually.
1: Well, I was six and first, I, seven and two. So I was eleven. It would. This would be fourteen years. Holy cannoli, Mary. Oh, le-
2: I was thirteen when I started.
1: Well, I thought I was starting late, because all my friends had theirs. I was stressing. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be 16, and I'm still not going to have my period, and then I'm never going to be able to have kids, and I'm going to be, like, that one violet-eyed person, and I'm never going to have—and I was just freaking out for no reason. Wow. For no reason? No reason, because I literally got it right before summer started in sixth grade. Oh. I was wearing a skirt that day. I remember the skirt very vividly. I did not bleed through it, thank God. That would Thankfully. have been embarrassing.
2: I've bled myself in the school so many times that I don't even want to talk about it.
1: <laughs> it's so embarrassing. It was frustrating. <laughs> it's like, dudes get boners, girls bleed through their pants. So, is it a fair exchange? No. No. But it is something we can all commiserate about, that our bodies betray us. <laughs>
2: anything your body what your body is going to do is betray you in some
1: way <laughs> if anything your body will betray you
2: <sighs> so most of us I remember reading this I didn't write this down but it, 90% of us are running around no matter your gender whatever all that's irrelevant it, most people have a, a, an injured unbalanced chakra it most people are going to struggle with it because we live in a society of weird sexuality is what I will say. So most people are running around with some sort of issue. We are a community in this. (laughs) I'm not even going to say it's necessarily worse as a female because that's, I think that's playing into the stereotype of dudes is that it wouldn't be worse for dudes. But I know a lot of gentle dudes to where the stereotype for a dude does not apply to them. They probably wish that they didn't have to be a quote-unquote male. So that wouldn't be fair. In the previous episode about the sacral chakra, I did talk about the symptoms of when it is underbalanced or underactive and overactive and in balance when your sacral chakra is balanced you will feel creative and joyful you will probably feel more sexual I know this is seen as like the sex chakra but it is your creativity center it's where you begin developing a sense of self so generally speaking if it is underactive is when you will feel fatigue and depression and well I like to say rudderless Feeling aimless, that is the best way I could describe it. That is how I describe it to myself, is how I feel personally, like rudderless, like a boat that with nobody steering. I'm just adrift. And of course, if it's overactive, you may feel definitely sexually hedonistic or particularly aggressive, maybe even like competitive or just emotionally overcharged. And either way you slice it, you're going to feel some sort of burnout. I think that is how you know your sacral chakra is just, and it needs tending to. If you feel burnt out. So I was very thorough. Same as like my Hermes episode, trying to be very thorough, be like a, like a super, super like charged article. of all the things I didn't want to miss nothing but a lot of these articles do say very similar things so I mean it wasn't that hard of course feel connected with something and do it or if you don't feel connected with something don't do it you're not obligated to do every single thing listed here some things are going to be difficult it's like baby steps do the easy stuff first And then get to the hard stuff or the stuff that feels hard to you. But in no way or shape or form are you obligated to do every single thing listed. Just do what feels natural. Do what your sacral chakra is asking you to do. And the number one thing is to practice emotional catharsis. This is best suited to deficient sacro-chakra blockages when you are underactive in your sacral chakra because you probably feel emotionally stunted or you feel very walled off from people and you don't want people. <laughs> and the emotional catharsis is to open up the frozen energy channels within yourself by purging your emotions through catharsis. So you can try jumping, screaming, laughing, crying, or other physical forms of catharsis to release the built up and pent up emotions within you. That tends to be, right, as I said, it's sort of the depression, right? It's the apathy. You just feel numb if you're, you need to release Part of the release is just is getting them unfrozen and noticing them in the first place. Just get the blood flow in there. I'm sure it will happen on its own. (laughs) I definitely feel that way. All of a sudden, you're just crying. Like, why am I crying? Me on my period.
1: Yeah.
2: I didn't have mood swings when I first got my period, but the older I get, the more I feel like emotional. I'm sensitive. It's like, stop yelling at me. Everyone just go away. <laughs> Another thing you can do is explore your creative self expression. This is suited to both types if you are underactive or overactive in your sacral chakra. So it's recommended to pick an activity that you're interested in, such as sculpting, drawing, photography, quilting, jewelry making, cooking, anything creative. That's, you know, something you could pay attention to, it gets your hands busy, and what have you. Even if you've never done it before and you've always been interested, in fact, that's probably when you should do it, is because, for some reason, you've never done it before, and you should. It's important to remember that art takes time, dedication, and practice. Don't expect to be perfect at what you choose to do immediately, You should think about what you would like to mentally or emotionally express and paint or weave or build or tie or photograph all those inner desires. It's definitely the, uh, like, sounds cliche, but, like, follow your heart's desires. If you feel like, I just want to take photographs of flowers today, you should do that. You're feeling that way, so you should do that thing. It'll be good for you. But your sacral chakra is a creativity center. So indulging your creative needs is very, very, very necessary. The third thing I listed here is identify your sexual blockages. This is best suited to deficient sacral chakra blockages. What beliefs, ideals, and prejudices towards sexuality were you taught as a child? You might like to write these blockages down or speak about them with a good friend or a counselor. There are sex counselors. That's literally what they do. You may want to find one if you feel inclined. Once you identify these blockages, you can then proceed to deconstruct them. We have yet to talk about shadow work as a topic, but this was one of the questions I actually had in the shadow work that I did. Was to identify certain sexual kinks and blockages and to actually sit with them and analyze which ones were beneficial and unharmful and just, and just you just enjoy and be honest and actually identify the ones that might not be good for you, that might be linked to trauma. Some people disagree with the fact that kinks could be tied to trauma. Uh, I disagree, but I still think no matter where you stand, it's important because, you know, know thyself. This is a part of yourself you should know, I feel. Even if you think, I don't even have, like, I don't feel sexual at all or what have you. Yeah, that's really important to know. That counts. It is important to know yourself in every aspect. And we are taught not to do that. Nurture your chakra. Another thing you could do is meditate with and carry crystals. This is good for both ways if you're underactive or overactive in your sacral chakra. I tried my best to find like every stone. That is obviously impossible because there's so many. But I tried my best to like do a nice mega list for you. So, carnelian. Orange calcite, jasper, amber, coral, orange aventurine, sunstone, tangerine quartz, copper, orange selenite, and moonstone. If you're reading the encyclopedia of spirits, like that we keep recommending, or you do any spirit work, you'll notice that amber and coral tend to be. What's the word? My brain was having a moment. Those tend to be connected with feminine spirits I'm not shocked to see them here for the sacral chakra because your sacral chakra is connected to your divine feminine energy I noticed a lot of like love goddesses enjoy amber and mermaids coral was said to be the petrified menstrual blood of mermaids because it's red and menstruation your sacral chakra it's all connected so I definitely recommend those two carnelian is the one of the most popular ones and moonstone like personally those would be my four If like if you had to get one and you were maybe like strapped for cash or something or you were like you couldn't find anything those would be like my top four but anything orange or anything with feminine energy will help and a lot of crystals and herbs and what have you like essential oils do like Double, triple, quadruple duty. You'll see them on multiple lists. Like something like a sunstone is good because it's orange, but it has some solar plexus energy. It can really help balance you out or make you more adventurous if you are having like deficient blockages. Moonstones are very gentle. They all have different jobs. So I have listed them all for you. You can look them up and see which one you feel like you need. And I already said you can meditate or carry these crystals. You can also, you can lie down and place the crystals at or below the navel area, which is where your sacral chakra is said to be. You can hold sacral chakra spheres, you know, some crystals come in a round shape, and you can use scrying methods to open up the sacral chakra. You can use sacral chakra massage wands to massage the lower abdomen. That's sometimes like what Reiki healers will do. You can hold gemstone eggs in each hand and visualize the sacral chakra opening. You can place sacral chakra tumbled stones in your pockets or just on your person. You can place a carnelian pyramid over the sacral chakra and lie in meditation. You can surround yourself with sacral chakra stones and lie in a crystal grid. You can create a sacral chakra crystal mandala. You can drink a sacral chakra gem elixir. But be sure that, of course, the stone is, you know, not going to hurt you if you drink it and put it in water. You can bathe in water infused with sacral chakra stones or have them surrounding your tub if it's safe to do so, like I said, or you can wear sacral chakra bracelets. Some of these stones come in jewelry, so you can buy jewelry. You can wear bracelets and rings because your hands fall at where where your sacral chakra is when you're upright or you have your hands in your lap, so they'll be around the area, or you can wear the sacral chakra stones on your belt around your sacral chakra, or you can wear sacro-chakra waist beads. I have to say, though, waist beads are highly important to some cultures, so be sure to do your thorough research before purchasing and wearing waist beads to prevent cultural appropriation and instead be culturally appreciative. I both thought that was interesting to see because I'd never seen that before, but also important because I was like, hmm. I do know some African traditions are very particular about, like, how you should wear waist beads, what they're for, so, of course, I'm not saying don't do it, but I am saying do research. It's the same as, like, I liken it to having henna. If you, I mean, you have not just culturally appropriate, just wear henna. You have to be respectful of the people who originate these things. But if somebody is making, like, carnelian waist beads, I would like some. Thank you. Ooh, or moonstone oh that would be pretty anyway that's not the topic <laughs> i do know like people at etsy make waste feeds so i'm just like ooh. do you think like somebody's making moonstone ones can i have those probably I'm gonna look them up mm. <laughs> so you can become mindful of your emotional triggers this is best suited to excessive blockages if you have an overactive sacral chakra Explosions of emotion can be balanced by becoming more mindful through exercises of your emotional triggers. For example, if you discover that your fists start to clench when you get angry, you slowly uncurl them and breathe deeply. It's important to become conscious and grounded, acknowledge that you're starting to feel angry. Sometimes we work in autopilot And we don't always notice when we're having, like, emotional outbursts or having, like, temper tantrums. It's important to come back to center and be present. And it will help you rebalance your sacral chakra. You can increase your intake of ginger, especially if you are underactive in your sacral chakra, because ginger is a warming and stimulating herb that is terrific for your sacral chakra. You can cook with it. You can use ginger-infused oils. You can drink ginger tea. I'll probably do the tea. I like to put it in my ramen. I always eat it with my sushi. There are many ways to get your ginger in. It's also recommended that you explore the root of your addictions. Hypothetically, I would say everybody has an addiction to something. Although I don't know you, so if you don't have any addictions, you wouldn't do this one. But there are lots of things that I feel like we don't see as addictions that you might be addicted to. Just a bit. It's not always drugs or food. You could be addicted to anything. <laughs> it's, it's, it's because of the chemicals in your brain, okay? How the brain works. This is best suited to both overactive and underactive sacral chakras. Addictions are a way for us to cope with our reality and fill empty holes in our lives. You can journal, or you can talk to a friend or a therapist and explore. Explore, cool. Explore why you are addicted to something. Ask questions such as. What place was I at in my life when I started getting addicted to this? Why do I feel this? Ad- what do I feel this addiction brings me? Not why. What is this addiction trying to hide about who I believe I am? And if you're suffering from a serious addiction, like a drug, make sure you schedule an appointment with an addiction specialist or any of the sort. Please stop injuring yourself. We love you, okay? You should get help. There's no reason for you to feel like trash. You are a good person. That is my pep talk for today. <sighs> just making you remember my tarot reading that I got, where the tarot reader was just coming from my throat <sighs> and my own personal addictions. So I was like, "Ooh, girl, you right."
1: girl. It's like,
2: I know, I know. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, girl, she said it. She said it out loud.
1: Just fall out.
2: She said it. She said, here's your problem. And I was like, oh, you're right. (laughs) I know. So one of the ways to balance your sacral chakra is to practice self-care towards your body. This is best suited to both kinds of blockages. I recommend everybody do this regularly. You can explore empowering resources. There are books, workshops, guided meditations that will help you to accept your body type and your other physical quirks, like whatever you feel like is wrong with you, and you look in the mirror and you go, that's fucked up. I don't like that. There are ways for you to start really accepting yourself more. I'm not even going to say loving, because, you know, that sounds intimidating. If you are way at the bottom, you're thinking, bro, I'm not, bro, that ain't going to happen. The point is to just accept that it's, that it's there. That's first. And that it's okay. The point is also to stop apologizing for how you look and start embracing your unique body and its needs. Because, you know, we live in a society where everything is a beauty contest, but it's not. It's really not. And there's nothing wrong with how you look. Even if somebody else said so, they're wrong. There is nothing wrong with you. You can join online or real life groups that help you to love your body. You can find out what eating plan suits you the best. Some people recommend that you you cut out processed foods. I would definitely recommend cutting out the ones that we know are detrimental to us. And maybe not even cut them out entirely, but to just cut back on them. Like, we know sugar is not the best, but it's almost impossible (laughs) to cut it out completely. And, in fact, I don't even agree with cutting it out completely because, bro, that's how you get disordered eating. You start to obsess, and that is not the plan. But it's important to treat ourselves just a little bit better than we treated ourselves yesterday. Some foods for your sacral chakra are, of course, orange foods, because it's orange, especially oranges. It's literally what they're called. <laughs> you could try eating coconuts as well. Apricots, almonds, sweet potatoes, carrots, mangoes, passion fruit, nuts, seeds, Melons, pumpkin, butternut squash, any fermented foods, salmon, cinnamon, and papayas. Papayas? It is recommended like orange foods and also really fleshy foods. You know, the apricots, the papayas, and the mangoes. If you'll notice, a lot of those things are also considered aphrodisiacs or like sexy food. They make you feel some type of way. Eat those those as well. Eat the sexy food I try to find lots of those as well Because I know sometimes it's like I'm allergic to that Or I don't want to eat that So I gave you options Like I don't like coconuts So we're not going to do that
1: <laughs> Fair enough
2: I don't like sweet potatoes either
1: but No I mean Sweet potatoes as tempura is good though Oh Eat it like that It's really good <laughs> With, like, the specific tempura sauce. oh, So good. That sounded yeah. like I didn't like it, but it was good.
2: <laughs> yeah. I do get down with some salmon, though.
1: Hell yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you can tell we're hungry because we've been doing these episodes all day.
2: Yup. I have pizza sitting here. I've been munching. Yeah. Pizza is not a chakra food, and I'm gonna eat it anyway. <laughs> Cause nobody said I couldn't.
1: So even if they did, I'd be course. like, "Fuck you! I'm gonna eat my pizza. Uh, have a good time."
2: Like, literally, I'm gonna eat my pizza, and what are you gonna do about it? You don't have to eat it.
1: You could just be sad and miserable over there by yourself, Debbie Downer.
2: <laughs> so you could try color therapy. This is best suited to both types of blockages, just to nourish your sacral chakra. It's good to introduce the colors orange, peach, and apricot into your life, as the color of the sacral chakra is orange. Now, I appreciate reading this, because it said peach and apricot, because I'm definitely a person who isn't interested in orange, usually. I don't have any orange, I have a few things that are orange, but, like, not really. But I can get down with peach and apricot because I wear a lot of pink. And that would be easy. I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. Orange is on a spectrum, right? Think of a color wheel. You can have really, really, really light or pastel oranges. You can have bright neon. You can have, like, burnt orange that's more dark. You don't just have to do straight-up, like, orange peel orange if you don't want to. So you can like wear orange clothing, you can surround yourself with orange objects, and you can creatively express yourself in the color orange. Like you can paint with some orange. You can take pictures of orange flowers, just more orange or peach or apricot, all of it. The whole gamut of orange. You can do a sacral chakra visualization for any type of blockage. The recommendation here is to imagine a throbbing or swirling ball of luminescent orange light three inches below your belly button. Feel the ball of orange energy dissolving all blockages or aggressive flows of energy within you. It's definitely a type of meditation. You might want to spend some time, cut out a niche to do that. I've heard it is very helpful. I haven't done it. You can do something spontaneous to nurture your sacral chakra. This is best suited to deficient blockages. Give yourself the permission to do something that you wouldn't usually do. Break the cycle of rigid and uncreative living. For example, watch a movie you'd never watch, travel to a place you'd never thought possible, take up a wacky new craft. Anything that you you just you haven't done. Listen to music you don't listen to. Sometimes doing something new and different or that you thought, even if it's something you thought, oh, I'm not going to like that, do it anyway because you're either going to know for sure that you don't like it or it's going to spark something in you. It maybe will take you somewhere that you actually like. I feel that way about movies or music. Even if you don't like a song, sometimes you'll, like, lead into another song. Turn on Spotify and just... Pick a playlist and put it on shuffle. You will not even know what's going to be in there. But it's going to be good for you. Another recommendation is to get sexually creative. Because our sacral chakra is our creativity center. And also our sexuality center. Hence why it's in the groin area. I'm sure that's because it's in the groin area. We didn't make the chakras. The chakras are in our bodies. I'm sure when they discovered all the chakras... That chakra just said, hello, this is what I am. (laughs) So this is also best suited to deficient sacral chakra blockages, because if you are underactive in your sacral chakra, you're not normally being sexual. I'm trying to to think ahead of what I've written here, because I do think that I put something for if you are not sexually inclined. Just in case I didn't, there was a recommendation that if you are not sexually inclined or if you are taking the celibate, like you are a nun or a monk, they tend to be celibate, you do have to find other ways to use that type of energy. I think I said a lot of monks and nuns will meditate to move the energy. Of course, that's where doing something like painting or something. That stimulates the chakra so that doesn't get pent up if you feel like you don't want to be sexual. That's even with yourself, like if you just are just not interested at all, you can meditate. I think that's what they said the, the monks tend to do. Otherwise, if you have a partner, it's important to explore different creative forms of sexuality think of the Kama Sutra that was definitely created with the sacro chakra in mind. You can discover what fetishes or sexual positions you'd both like to try out together. If you're single, it's important to explore different creative forms of self-pleasure. If blockages such as guilt or shame arise, it's important to question those, as I said before. You're feeling like, let me back up. That's such it's coming out of my mouth before I can think about it. <laughs> if you are, say, because it, it doesn't have to be even the action. If you watch a video or you go on Instagram, you are exploring this. If you see something that makes you feel choked up or guilty or shameful or like, mm, question that. Do you actually not like that? from your soul perspective, because it's okay to not like things or be interested, but you should question why you don't like something. Think of it like we live in a society for all intents and purposes. We live in a society where homosexuality is still a problem for some people. If you find yourself watching a video of two girls making out and you feel uncomfortable, question that. It's, it's, it's more important I would argue it's more important than even being sexual because you can't even be sexual if you're uncomfortable you have to help the blockages then you can even be more creative if you feel so inclined but that may be a big thing for some people saying just me being here being like yeah you just have to be sexual for your sacral chakra some of y'all are going to be like I don't Like, baby steps. There's no rush. This is not a competition, okay? Don't make... People are going to rush you. And don't listen to those people. Those are assholes. There's no rush. This isn't like a race. Don't let people force you to do stuff. You're not obligated. In fact, that will give you chakra-chakra blockages. Doing things you don't want to. In that regard, I didn't write that down. Actually, that gave me an idea. If you have a partner, and that is a problem, that this is the time where you where you say that. Sometimes, even when we're with other people, and I am not even going to paint a villain. If you have a hard time speaking up about things that make you comfortable or uncomfortable, it's very important that you address that so that you can move through that sacral chakra blockage. Because they're, even if they're your partner, you're still not obligated to do anything. You can cleanse the sacral chakra with aromatherapy oils. You can use oils such as ginger, orange, jasmine, neroli, rosewood, bergamot, cardamom, eucalyptus, chamomile, spearmint, things like eucalyptus and spearmint and clary sage are cleansing type things i feel that's what i mean by like double duty i feel like they're not necessarily sacral chakra herbs but those are things you can burn or put in the bath and what have you to kind of help move the energy And things like orange and ginger help stimulate the Sakura Chakra. We're all working in synergy. You can clear blocks with yoga. So yoga is an amazing way to open up blocked constrictions of energy within the body. I saw recommended the cobra pose, the butterfly pose, the camel pose, the goddess pose, the reverse warrior, the low lunge. The child pose, the happy baby pose, and the pigeon pose. And I do know for certain that there are lots of people who have done routines for the chakras or just for like hip opening yoga routines and what have you on YouTube or anywhere else. So you could just Google it if you don't want to sit here and Google all those poses. You can say daily affirmations. So... What you think is what you manifest, and you can support your sacral chakra by repeating the following affirmations with sincerity and open heartedness. I have a handful for you here I allow myself to feel my emotions. I create healthy boundaries. I embrace my inner passion. I value and respect my body. My sexuality is sacred. I release my inner emotions creatively. I deserve to experience pleasure and have my needs met. I feel safe to express my sexual self in fun, creative, and healthy ways. I attract relationships with loving, good people who will support me. I embrace change and make the best of my future. Every day, I experience more joy and satisfaction. I flow with inspiration and creativity. My body is vibrant and I am comfortable inside it. I am a shining star in life. Creativity flows through me with ease. I make meaningful bonds with my partners. I attract the best friendships. I embrace my passion. I appreciate every breath I take. I accept my physical body. I feel like y'all start, if you weren't sure about the sacral chakra and what it did, I feel like we're at the point where I think you'll understand the point. It's the. it's the, I always see it as like the warm chakra. It feels like it would be warm if it was physical, like a ball. It feels like it would just be like warm.
1: I was going <laughs> to say kind of like a hearth fire
2: yeah just like this warm it's just warmth it's happy you can chant "Vam" to yourself V A M. the sound matches the vibration of the sacral chakra you can try drawing out the letters into sounds saying it like long ways i'm not going to do it here <laughs> i think you can figure it out You can also listen to binaural beats, which is a form of music healing therapy, which helps to activate and clear all the chakras through alternating sound waves. There are lots of those on YouTube, I know for a fact. You can find all different lengths: 30 minutes, 15 minutes, 3 hours, 9 hours, all of them. You can also try to incorporate more humor into your life. You could try watching funny movies or surrounding yourself with lighthearted people who are in touch with their sacral chakra. You might also like to explore belly dancing, which is a wonderful stimulator of the sacral chakra, as is just dancing in general. So you can connect with water. The sacral chakra is connected to the element of water. So nourishing your body inside and out with some water will do some good for your sacral chakra. It's recommended that you do that by drinking it. We all should be drinking way more water, I'm sure. I have a water sitting right here. (laughs) You can make it fancy if you just really cannot drink regular-ass water. And you can put a couple slices of oranges in it. Because it's still water. You just put oranges in it. If that helps you drink more water, I fully recommend that you do that even put some ginger in it. Put anything in it. I don't care. (laughs) You can take a warm bath complete with orange essential oils. That will help your sacral chakra. Or going swimming in a natural body of water will also help the energy start to flow. Another recommendation is to sing out loud, dance, and be goofy. Basically the sacral chakra likes when you're an actual idiot. But I mean that in a good way, because it's a playful, it's the playful chakra energy. Like I said, I feel like the chakra would be warm. This one's warm and friendly. You know, like back in the day, back in the Tumblr days where everything was getting personified.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh god. Like
2: I feel, I feel like the sacral chakra, chakra would be like a young, a young lady, maybe even like a teenager, just young and stupid. That's her. Yeah. Playful, barefoot running around in grass. That's what she wants. Flowers. Same. (laughs) (laughs) And the point is to be silly and goofy. Don't do it trying to be pretty. It's It's to embrace that sort of... When you were a kid, and you would wear whatever you wanted, and it didn't make sense, you'd have seven bows in your hair, or you would, like put two pairs of frilly socks on, or anything. That's what we're trying to get back to.
1: Bro, there was one time when I was a kid, I don't remember how old I was, but I told my parents I wanted to to dress myself. So I went in my room, and I couldn't decide what shirt and pants to put on, so I put on all of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> I came out looking like a You said, blue. okay, I'm ready. <laughs> I came out and I was like, mom, I can't get my shirts off anymore. Can you help me? And she was like, yeah, I'm not surprised you can't get them off. There's like 10 on you.
2: I told you, you gave your parents so much grief. (laughs) You came out wearing every article.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I really did. I just pulled open my drawer and I picked, like, I couldn't decide. So I just put everything on. (laughs) Shoot. I think the only thing I didn't double up on was the pants (laughs) because I couldn't get another pair on.
2: Girl. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that is the energy we're trying to get back to. (laughs) (laughs) So another recommendation is to journal. You can write letters and poems to someone or yourself expressing your feelings or just your straight up individual out. (laughs) individuality. You don't have to send it, but just getting the emotions out on paper can be very healing. Write a song. Just do that. And then sing it. And then make up a dance. And your sacro chakra will just be happy with that. <laughs> you just unlocked a memory for me. I remember I was watching The Little Mermaid, and I had the DVD that had, like, the special editions and what have you and it was Ashley Tisdale's Kiss the Girl and there was the video and I swear I dug through my closet and tried to like imitate the outfit she was wearing I swear I put on like three or four things yeah like two or three shirts to get my shirt to look like her shirt and you know in the 2000s we had like the tank top layered over whatever the fuck yeah all the jewelry I had like two skirts on (laughs) I put tights on pretending to be ashley tisdale in that video and i was like singing at the top of my lungs
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, good times good times
2: i fully felt like i was ashley tisdale and i was the most beautiful person <laughs> like you couldn't tell me nothing that's the That's what, that's that's her that's her that's what she wants from you
1: i was gonna say where'd that little girl go
2: your is asking that's
1: what she's asking you man but you know about your gender where did that little child go Uh, but you talking about that makes me remember the time when you were holding the cat and fucking dancing with the cat and he looked like he wanted to get away so badly (laughs) and oh oh yeah, I think you were holding Merc, and he just—he just. I
2: think it was Merc, yeah. He just
1: didn't want to. He just didn't want to be there. Well,
2: I wanted him there. He had to suck it up.
1: <laughs> All the singing and he the enjoyed, dancing.
2: He enjoyed it. Okay. He's a liar.
1: He is. He's a dirty liar.
2: <laughs> so, one of the other ways to strengthen your sacral chakra is to allow yourself to be vulnerable. And I know some of you just heard that and went, no.
1: Me. <laughs> I, <don't laughs> I went, know.
2: not happening. It is best suited to deficient sacral chakra blockages because that's the problem. That's why it's deficient. You don't let yourself feel emotions and be emotional to anybody ever. And I, I'm with you. But it's important. That's what your sacral chakra wants. The last thing I have is to stop and smell the roses. It's important to engage your senses. Um, I like it to the fact that I am a Taurus, but if you know, if you remember what we talked about, the Taurus or the planet Venus is the sensual. That's what we mean here. Literally smell the roses. Smell your cup of coffee. Touch the nice fabrics in the store. You know, Pay attention to how your clothes feel, like put your feet in the grass, literally engage your senses. And that's what I have for the Sanford Chakra. Yay. If you're doing inner child work, which I have been doing, I mean, I there's lots of ways. I was gonna do this as a topic, and then I didn't want to write all this stuff down. But if you were like not interested in like I guess psychologically, Like, if you were, like, this is, like, too textbook. Basically, inner child work is engaging your sacral chakra. Because that's what it is. It's inner child energy. It's the ages of 8 to 14 when you were okay with acting a fucking fool. And before. Like we said. Remember remember what it was like to have no shoes on and run around in the grass and not be afraid of, like, bees and, like, be like, wow, picking the dandelions. That's what your sacral chakra wants from
1: you. That is what I would like as well, in return.
2: <laughs> you, you and the sacroshock are on the same page. You're like, say you.
1: It's like, I got you, fam. I would like that too. <sighs> <sighs> okay.
2: I'm now feeling, uh, my sacroshock is like, girl.
1: I'm worn out. You've been sitting on me all day. <laughs> For real. Now you put me through this ringer. My
2: sacral chakra sitting here like, girl, you know what to do, so why are you not doing the thing?
1: <laughs> why are you just flapping your gums? Shut up and do it. <laughs>
2: okay. As I said, I told Jade much before, but I knew my thing about, I knew I needed to balance my sacral chakra because I felt the need to start up just a goddess altar and put every goddess that I could on it. And then when I did and lit a candle, I started crying like crying, it was like wow, my sacral chakra, chakra is broken.
1: I mean, to be fair, your sacral chakra was bleeding, <laughs> so.
2: Uh, 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 and then my period came and it, it beat me up like Mike Tyson. <laughs> so, clearly my sacral chakra has been yelling at me, like hello, Greetings. we need to pay attention to this today, yeah.
1: now. I need attention
2: (laughs) It's not debatable
1: Well I have something to go along with that Because They they are connected In a way Yes And I'm excited to talk about it Because I just learned what this was recently And it felt like a revelation (laughs) To be honest A little bit so
2: I remember somebody saying like that magic like there's no coincidences in magic. That's what this makes me feel like. It's like, cause you were meant to find
1: it. That's why it was happy. Yeah, somebody I somebody mean, like, led you there. Like it just makes more sense, you know. A lot of things these this past month I feel like have been connecting and coming together, especially Your with like our topics and, like, and stuff. You're <laughs> Hermes is behind you staring staring at the back of your head. Oh, God.
2: Hermes and Apollo are the ones who are, who the, they, they are the carrying our one brain cell. <laughs> they just pass it back and forth to each other.
1: Yeah, they just, like, throw it. Okay, she gets it for a couple minutes.
2: <laughs> it's your turn with the brain cell.
1: <laughs> Treat it well.
2: Oh, I won't.
1: Anyways, so I'm talking about kundalini energy today, and you may have heard of it, you may have not, you may have heard it in passing and have no idea what it means. It's kind of like, I mean, what I assume most people are going to hear it in reference to is kundalini yoga, because that's what a lot of these words are in reference to, like vinyasa, which... I only just learned means to flow with the breath, which, uh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, vinyasa, prana, all these other words that go with yoga. So if you have heard of kundalini, you probably heard of kundalini yoga, which is where I learned about kundalini. So here we go. Kundalini is Sanskrit meaning coiled snake. And according to yogijournal.com, is believed that uh, divine energy was created at the base of the spine. Kundalini works to uncoil the snake in a sense and connect us to our divine essence. It is the life force energy and is the source of our creativity, spiritual gifts, and divine feminine energy. The snake in kundalini is said to start at our root chakra, which is at the base of our spine, as we know, and then stretches up and wraps around our sacral chakra several times before stretching through the rest of our chakras, or energy centers. So as you can imagine, kundalini yoga is used for a multitude of reasons to include expanding consciousness. Reaching a state of lightness, joy, and boundless energy, balancing our chakras and energetic, uh, balancing our chakras and energetic bodies. Goodness gracious! It allows for a free flow of energy up. So it didn't say anything about energy coming back down, but it says energy up, like just going through up and out your crown chakra. According to Monique Rebel, the author of Transcendence Calling, it's your consciousness, everything that you are, you think, you remember, that you can visualize, anything, that's your consciousness, that's kundalini. So to be honest, this kind of goes along with the last episode about Akashic Records, um, because your kundalini... Like, awakening your Kundalini is going to help you access those, in a sense, because, like she said, it's your consciousness, it's everything, like, it's a life force energy. So if you can access and, like, essentially unblock your Kundalini energy, it's going to help you get to that frequency of knowing.
2: And how funny it is that Herpes is a sicko pop that may be able to take you to the Akashic Records and he has snakes. Snakes. Ain't that weird. I that ain't that a quinky dink.
1: Ain't that a quinky dink? Okay, <laughs> so many snakes though. There's a lot of snakes. I was about
2: to say what is it about
1: snakes? Like snakes. Even Hecate... the most valuable animal on the planet. Like let's just say it. Apparently. Like, damn there, Yeah, there's just a lot of deities that Correspond with snakes It's very interesting um, So I'm going to talk about kundalini in the sense of awakening uh, Many of the articles and things I read about kundalini awakening ooh, well. Many of the articles I read were about kundalini awakening So that's where I'm starting Granted, okay. it, yeah, because that, that was, was like also the, the
2: only article I read,
1: right? The, <laughs> those are like the easiest ones to find. I think, um, I didn't try going too deep into it just because this is like, this is the starting. If I ever want to do more about Kundalini energy, I need to have somewhere to go. So, uh, uh-huh. So a kundalini awakening is a powerful spiritual awakening, which can happen intentionally or unintentionally. I'm not going to go into the things that can cause the unintentional awakening because some of them are graphic and I'm sure you can imagine what they might be. But I didn't want to talk about them yeah
2: I did read it in the article that I read it talked about like some people that's that's why they get started with spirituality because it was unintentional yeah they were like what the fuck and same it same like I would as well because I would be having questions
1: well I mean your your kundalini energy it's a spiritual awakening but it's not the same kind of spiritual awakening like when people say spiritual awakening it's like the slow kind of Crawl through your shadow and your dark, the your, uh, dark days and all these things. A kundalini awakening is like punching you in the face. So.
2: Uh, well, I would. I mean, uh, my dark night of the soul punched me straight in the fucking face. Y'all are lucky if that didn't happen. Same, right. but that was also <laughs> right. that is uh, that is that. This is this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. While unintentionally awakening, uh, your kundalini seems to be common. In the spiritual world, if you're like part of the spiritual community and stuff like that, it's where it where it's rare in the western world. So we've just got stuff going against us. Right here I wrote big surprise with a little like side eye emoji. So So I wrote here that so a lot of my information comes from multiple sources and one of those things was lonerwolf.com. Like Ryan. That's had. that's that's the
2: article I read. We're <laughs> at the same standpoint, because oh, that good. is where I got my it's where I read too, so here we are.
1: Um and in this article it calls the Kundalini a primal force awakening. Like a Kundalini awakening is a primal force awakening. That's why it feels like a punch in the face and not the the drag through the think. mud <laughs> that's awakening well, does.
2: I understand the point of it being, like, life force energy, like, it's in your body, but for some reason it reminds me of, like, the wild hunt. Like, those would be the same energies.
1: Yeah. I feel like if
2: you, you like, kind of like, it's like if you were part of the wild hunt, I feel like you would be feeling the same kind of energy, because for some reason those click in my brain of, like, primal energy. Yeah. Primal animal ass over here ass. <laughs> I'm not sure if I want to join in, but I kind of do ass energy.
1: (laughs) Over here ass, looking ass, mugging ass. (laughs) Witchcraft ass. (laughs) All that. So Kundalini is a force, nope, is a form of energetic (laughs) awakening that causes us to transform on the mental, emotional, and spiritual levels. Before we get into the how, though, I want to talk about the what. Like, what... Does a Kundalini Awakening look like? What are some of the symptoms? How do you know if you're having one or had one? Because yes, some of the symptoms are going to be similar to a spiritual awakening, but they are... When I was reading through them, I was like, yeah, these are definitely different than a spiritual awakening. They can be similar, but they're not the same. So some of the common ones, which are coming from LonerWolf.com, are that you feel a spiritual connection to the divine, transcending the ego. You feel bliss and boundless love. You tap into extrasensory abilities and like develop your extraordinary gifts, AKA you're developing your spiritual or psychic abilities. You have an increase of compassion for humanity. You're inspired to make big life altering decisions And authentic changes in your life. And when I read that, my first thought was, is that why you want to get out? (laughs) No, this one's just been coming for a while. Um, You have an increase in synchronicities. You have profound insights into your behavior and past experiences. You begin to understand the nature and influence over reality of the mind. You experience intense, involuntary, involuntary, involuntary involuntary shaking of the body that can be alarming. It can be alarming to people around you, I'll tell you that. (laughs) It might be alarming to you too, but like when you just like shake like a chihuahua, somebody's gonna look at you like, what the fuck? You okay over there? No. Your nervous system becomes hypersensitive And shuts down slash craves solitude when confronted with things like bright light, TV violence, or loud noises. You have insomnia, hypersomnia, or just general trouble sleeping. You experience moments of ego death. You have visual disturbances that can seem alarming, such as objects seeming to vibrate. This is also a weird one. I've had this a little bit like... I'll be looking at something and I can't tell if I'm swaying or if the thing is swaying. So it's just a little weird. That, one, that one's like the best description of something like that that I've ever read. And then you feel like you're on a bad drug trip. Or you might, I should say. You don't have to. But you might. Some uncommon symptoms are feeling frat fra- ooh are feeling fragmented or without a center dreaming of snakes or seeing snakes manic energy or chronic fatigue sometimes alternating frequent lucid dreaming or vivid dreams Tapping into past lives, intense grief for the planet and all suffering beings, and panic attacks. Of course, some of these things might actually be a mental health problem. And if you are having things like panic attacks or severe hypersomnia, insomnia, or like... Um, this manic energy or chronic fatigue, the alternating things, just go see a doctor and make sure it's nothing wrong with your body. Like, actually physically wrong with you. Because sometimes those things might mean you have an actual disorder. Like a bipolar disorder or a sleeping disorder. Just make sure you're good to go. (laughs) GTG. Anyways... The next bit is coming from mindbodygreen.com, and it's some pros and cons of a kundalini awakening. So some pros is that it can bring you to self-realization. You may enter a state of bliss and resounding love, as one of the other uh, symptoms were. You, you might have a quiet mind, that's one of the pros, like your mind gets quiet, not so many running around thoughts going sideways. You may experience spiritual enlightenment, and you may have an increase in creativity and compassion. Some cons is that it might happen by accident, and you might not be ready for it. That's like the biggest one that I've seen, is that you might not be ready for it. It will be different for everyone, such as a bad drug trip or psychosis. Psychosis being that you can't tell waking the waking world from the dream world. And if your chakras aren't clear, then you might have unpleasant physical symptoms that accompany your kundalini awakening. One thing that I did see and have been thinking about as I was doing all of my notes, is that kundalini can be a type of spiritual awakening, as I said, but a spiritual awakening is not always related to kundalini. Just getting it out there, making sure everybody hears it, (laughs) say it six times.
2: Well, I feel like, like, I'm going to be, I'm, Going to take the stance and uh, invoke my throat chakra and be the bad guy for two seconds because my thing about kundalini is I feel the same way when we were talking about star seeds is like the thing about esoteric stuff is that everybody like says that they have or like wants to and my thing about it is like I feel the same way about when people start talking about the dark night of the soul I'm like if you're questioning it it hasn't happened because these things to me feel so like they're described as so Intense that I'm like, if you have to question if it happened, I don't think it did, personally. Yeah. Because I think, you know, it's it's one of those things, like, it's, for that to be so intense that it's like, you may feel like you're having a psychosis. It's like, girl, then you know if you didn't, because, girl, that's something that could, some people feel crazy. So it's so strong that some people feel crazy. And it will manifest different for everybody, as you just said. But it's one of those things where I'm like, if you're like, I feel the same way about starseeds. If you're kind of questioning it, then it's not that it's not true, but I think that you kind of maybe should look into it more or still have a ways to go because I feel like you will know. Right. You won't go, oh, I think I'm a starseed. If you believe in starseeds, I feel like some people will absolutely know because it won't be debatable to you. You will have seen Atlantis at that point is how I feel. You will have seen the planet. Right. You have met the people. You will be like, oh no, I know I am. Never mind.
1: <laughs> Never the fuck my me.
2: Never the fuck my me. I thought I knew, but I didn't know. Now I know. Oh shit.
1: Now I that's been how been I feel like,
2: spiritual awakenings and like kundalini energy. Cause I'm like, these things are deep and esoteric. And I feel like like, most people are going to touch it or, like, have some of these symptoms, but I definitely feel like if you experience it, like, ego death and dark night of the soul and all these things, you're going to know, and it won't be debatable. I even feel, like I said, touch because I feel like even some things are going to happen, but even then, you still may not have experienced it,
1: is, like, how I feel. Yeah.
2: It could happen, like, you could have, like, oh, I have some of these symptoms, and it could be, like, a year later, and then it actually happened, and you're like, oh. Oh, fuck. You're like, oh, 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 this is it. This is it. This is the one.
1: I lied to myself.
2: Oh, God. (laughs) Don't lie to yourself.
1: Okay. Onwards. So... There are ways to help awaken your kundalini energy, but that is more of a side effect and shouldn't be your main goal. Kind of like with accessing the akashic records. Um, and this is according to like a lot of sources that I read. Like uh, a lot of a lot of people agree that awakening your kundalini energy should not be a goal. It should happen naturally because it is a Primal force and it is a it is a life force energy. So it should happen naturally rather than you trying to Spur it on So you don't have you don't have control over when it awakens either so no. What you can do are some, here are some things that you can do to help support your spiritual practice if awakening your Kundalini energy is something that you would like to happen at some point. One of those things is to shake your body and practice dancing. Uh, uh, Honestly, some of these things are gonna sound very similar to the sacral chakra because the kundalini energy is very closely related to the sacral chakra. As I said, the snake wraps around the sacral chakra before continuing upwards through the rest of the chakra centers. So shake your body and practice dancing. You can pa- practice Tantra. You can practice energy work, exercise breath control, and practice uh, Pranayama. Meditate regularly. Practice gratitude and live with an open heart. Work with the chakras and cultivate them. So when I when I found this one, um, it was separated into two separate sections one of them was to to one of them was to like work with the lower chakras and the other one was to cultivate and strengthen the upper chakras but if your lower chakras are not strong and strengthened and you haven't worked with them properly then you will not be able to cultivate and strengthen your upper chakras like that's just how the system works (laughs) yeah you gotta have a strong foundation a strong base to have a strong upper you get it
2: the river can't flow if there's a rock in the middle of it okay there you go there's no water there's no water coming out hello (laughs) you gotta turn the faucet on
1: (laughs) And the last one I have, and the last thing I have for kundalini energy is yoga. That, that's the thing. Yoga. There's kundalini yoga specifically. So. Specifically. Specifically. <laughs> it is very interesting. It's like kundalini yoga is very invigorating. I will say that. But personally, it's not a type of yoga I would want to be doing every single day. Because when I get on when I get on the mat to do my yoga, it's more like a calm down. It's not to get excited, it's not to get the blood rushing or anything like that. I typically just want to do some breathing exercises, some vinyasa flows. I'm not trying to like get my heart rate up. Which to me is what kundalini yoga does. There's just a lot of movement, there's a lot of breath of fire work and sh- stuff like that. So it would be it would be a good morning yoga in my opinion. But that's what I have.
2: I feel like it'd be very unfortunate to have a Kundalini awakening in the morning.
1: Bro, imagine you're getting ready for work. No. I'm imagining I'm getting ready for work and I'm doing some Kundalini yoga and I just completely dissolve. <laughs>
2: I always like – see, I, I'm actually – I'm going to be the good guy for a second. But I will say I always likened it – the way when I read it, I always likened it to the same way as, like, if you have to question if you had an orgasm, you didn't because you know.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's one so, of the things, too, is, like, you'll have spontaneous well, orgasms. Fair. But <laughs> it, that's – like it's, like, the awakening
2: was, like, the same to me. It's, like it, – I no, I just said it, but it's, like, yeah – It feels like I'm like the same with the sour seeds or like what have you. I'm humble enough to say, I know that I haven't. You almost, I want to be vain, be like, sure. No, bitch. Hell no. But if it does happen, y'all will be the first to know because I'll probably be, I'll call you at like 3 a.m. Probably. Right. Hello? Hello? (laughs) It happened. (laughs) It happened
1: happen my dude
2: it sounds spooky scary skeletons but like in a good way
1: yeah but like in a way i'm interested in
2: <laughs> yeah like it's like it sounds like that sounds terrifying but i'm interested
1: it <laughs> sounds like the first step to everything else
2: <laughs> well they do say some people have been practicing for a really really long time in in, in practicing things does not ensure a uh, ensure awakening yeah that was another in one. In the same way that I've seen people say that about A Dark Night of the Soul, you're not insured to have one. Like, it's not like, oh, boom. Like, sometimes it's some people's starts, and some people don't have one until five or six years in. You know, it's not, it, it, there's no timeline for these sort of things. I was going to say,
1: goody them. They have their practice in place. <laughs> Fair. Like... Mine could have come at a better time. <laughs> Mine could have definitely come at a better time. But it didn't. Anyway, what what's, what media do you have for us? What media do you bring?
2: I bring a child cartoon.
1: Another one. Another one.
2: Well, no, this <laughs> is an actual like 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 baby. baby cartoon yeah
1: yeah yeah (laughs) I remember I remember now
2: well I actually wasn't thinking anything because I was like I gave up on trying to find things that coincide but this is more of the creativity and imagination and I bring Harold and the purple crayon which I forgot exists I also forgot it's a book (laughs) I'm, I'm, I'm typing it in now in my search bar and I'm like oh yeah
1: Oh yeah.
2: This. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. So Harold the Purple Crayon the book came out in
1: 1955. 1955.
2: Yes. What the fuck? I put up the book, so I'll talk about the book. It says Harold and the Purple Crayon is a 1955 children's book by Crockett Johnson. It is Johnson's most popular book. It has led to a series of other books. As well as many adaptations. I saw I, there's a cartoon, I also saw there was a movie. The protagonist, Harold, is a curious four year old boy who, with his purple crayon, has the power to create a world of his own simply by drawing it. Harold wants to go for a walk in the moonlight, but there is no moon, so he draws one. He has nowhere to walk, so he draws a path. He has many adventures looking for his room, and in the end, he draws his own house and bed and goes to sleep. Oh, it has the episode synopsis right here. It's a kid's, it's for children. There's, like, no plots. It's just Harold drawing things with his crayon. But I remember watching it, and it is an exercise in the imagination. And, of course, we know as a child... You have a much more active and adventurous imagination as an adult you start thinking practically harold has a crayon and he goes there's no bed i'll just fucking draw one
1: i will just fucking draw there's, no moon. One.
2: there's no moon in the sky i'll just make one it's just it's it's just a good time he's good time gal yeah There's an episode that says Harold's goldfish dies so a mermaid helps him understand the meaning of death. No, Harold. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: that just made me sad. Oh, no, Harold.
1: No, no. Dead goldfish.
2: Not No. So, Harold, the whole thing is about Harold drawing things with his crayon. And as I just I just said, he learns things. Some things aren't even about drawing because that's not about drawing, but he's four years old, you little baby, but your sacral chakra is very much connected to your inner child. It's very much playful, childlike energy. It, you know, manifests and forms from ages eight to 14. Harold is a bit under that, but that's okay because it doesn't matter. Harold draws whatever and doesn't really question it. There is an episode about perfection. Says, Harold can't draw a perfect circle, so he uses his purple crayon to visit a museum and later learns to appreciate his drawings, no matter the perfection.
1: Oh,
2: that's cute. it doesn't matter, Harold. There's an episode that says Harold learns that no matter how small he is, he can accomplish big things. Kids shows wanted us to nurture our sacral chakras, and then we all grew up, and that stopped being a thing.
1: And so, then we all grew up and became assholes instead.
2: Yeah. So let's like let's nurture our sacral chakras, and maybe watch some kid shit. Watch like Blue's Clues again.
1: Uh my favorite.
2: Because <laughs> if you had a purple crayon right now, what would you draw with it? Like. That's my question I leave with you. Your sacroshockers asking you if I had a purple crayon and you could draw whatever you wanted and it would be, what would you draw? The world is your oyster. That's Harold. I miss Harold.
1: I miss Harold.
2: <laughs> I miss Harold.
1: Good time, gal. Yes. <laughs> good time boy, <laughs> I should say.
2: No, good time, gal. We don't believe in gender.
1: <laughs> You're care. right. You're right. <laughs> He's five. What does it matter?
2: He he don't care. He's nurturing his sacral chakra.
1: I hope he continued that after the show. Yeah, ended. I,
2: I hope. Oh, it reminds me of Christopher Robin. That's such a good movie.
1: It's so good. Oh, my God. I cried so much. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that movie on deployment in like the worst possible time during deployment. And like, I was just a couple minutes into it, and it had me giggling, and then it had me crying, and then it had me laughing again. And I was in my rack, and I had to be quiet because other people were sleeping. <laughs> a mess. My face was a mess. But damn, was it a good movie. Yeah. Just what do you about have?
2: <laughs> what do um, you have for us? I'm still thinking about Christopher Robin. <laughs> it's it's good. It's good. That's also about your child playfulness. How we should all go back to being a bit more playful and spontaneous.
1: Yeah. You mean Peter Pan? <laughs> that too.
2: Not him, too.
1: Did you mean? Alright, so... I'm talking about something that doesn't explicitly have magic in it. It's not explicitly magic. But to be honest, to me, science is a little bit magic.
2: That's literally, I was thinking it, oh god, what was I thinking it? Something we were talking about earlier, and I was like, I actually had a renewing like for the Thor movies, because it made it a point to talk about how science and magic are the same fucking thing.
1: No, honestly.
2: Every, like, every Thor movie, all he did was talk to her about how the, and Nor- the, they just called it other shit.
1: Exactly, and it's like, yeah, but it's that's cause, it. That's, cause, cause the same shit. It's all he, the same. I mean,
2: I remember him saying in the first one He even said, we just see magic and science as one and the same They're not separate and I'm like, I'm glad Thor said it Because that's how I feel But
1: No, honestly
2: Go off, Thor <laughs> <laughs> tell,
1: tell them Tell them Tell So, um, actually, when did he die?
2: Oh
1: Um It was recently I think it was 2019 or 2018. Was it? It was like right after the movie came out, I felt like. No, this yeah. movie came out at least a couple years before. Anyways, so today I bring the theory of everything. And the... He died in
2: 2018.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. I knew it felt recently. That's what I thought. Yeah. But two year, three years. Three years seems like a lot of time. I mean, well, 2020 felt like
2: a whole other universe
1: I know, and right before that we lost Robin Williams, Helen Rickman, like so many people
2: and 2020 just, literally felt like a different timeline
1: It probably was <laughs> Honestly Somebody who didn't know what they were doing shifted us into the wrong timeline and it was like, god damn it this is where the mandala the mandala effect theory oh thing God, comes yeah. in.
2: For sure.
1: Anyways, so if you don't know what the theory of everything is, um, it is a 2014 biographical romantic drama film directed by James Marsh. It is set at the University of Cambridge and details the life of theoretical physicist Stephen Hawking. So that... I think you can put two, and to get two together. Stephen Hawking is who, we're, who we were talking about just now. He died in 2018. Um, this movie was in really good, in my opinion. I have a soft spot for, like... I liked it. Yeah, I have a soft spot for romantic dramas, but not like... Not like the 20, like 21st date dramas or... Period, period film dramas is the best way I should probably put that. But it was good. <laughs> it was adapted by Anthony McCartan McCartin, from the 2007 memoir Traveling to Infinity My Life with Stephen by Jane Hawking, which de- details, no, deals with her relationship with. With her ex-husband Stephen Hawking, his diagnosis of, I'm not going to be able to say that, cirrhosis, it's the only word I can say, I don't even think I said that right, <laughs> and his success in the field of physics. The film stars Eddie Redmayne, Redman? Redman. Redman, and Felicity Jones. With Charlie Cox Emily Watson Simon McBurney Christian McKay Harry Not Hardy Harry Lloyd And David Thu uh, Thelis Thelis So Let me go down to the the synopsis No you just gave me the whole plot (laughs) We'll just, we'll just do, like, a couple paragraphs until I feel satisfied. So, at the University of Cambridge, astrophysicist student Stephen Hawking begins a romantic relationship with literature student Jane Wilde. Although Stephen excels at mathematics and physics, his friends and professors are concerned over his lack of thesis topic after Stephen and his professor, Dennis uh, Schema attend a lecture on black holes, Stephen speculates that black holes may have been part of the creation of the universe and decides to write his thesis on them. While pursuing pursuing his research, Stephen's muscles begin to fail, eventually causing him to fall and hit his head. He learns he has motor neuron disease, which will eventually leave him unable to move, swallow, or even breathe. The doctor tells him nothing can be done, and he has approximately two years to live. When Stephen asks what will happen to his brain, the doctor tells him that the brain will not be affected. So his thoughts and intelligence will remain intact, but eventually he will be unable to communicate them. As Stephen becomes reclusive, focusing on his work, Jane confesses she loves him. She tells Stephen's father she intends to stay with Stephen, even as his condition worsens. They marry and they have their first son, Robert. So, that's, yeah, that's the film. That's the film in a nutshell. Like, he goes through and he does all his research on black holes and he does his theorizing and all these different things and Jane's at his side throughout the entire decline of his health Um, They have three kids I want to say and at some point they figure out how to oh he um, chokes on something, he has something go wrong with his throat and they have to install a trachea meaning he he can no longer communicate with people so this is where the romantic drama portion comes in because when he stops being able to communicate, they bring in a speech therapist, doctor person, speech therapist who can easily communicate with him through a board. Like eventually she doesn't even, like she, eventually she explains that she doesn't even have to use the board because She uses it so often, and they start to fall in love, and in the meantime, Jane is at home taking care of the kids, taking care of the house, taking care of this, taking care of that, because Stephen can't do those things for himself. So on top of taking care of the kids, she has to take care of him as well, which is really unfortunate. (laughs) And throughout that entire process, throughout him falling in love with this other person, she meets this guy who runs the church choir, and they start to fall into a relationship themselves. So, you know how romantic dramas go, so on and so forth. I'm not gonna explicitly tell you the ending, but with the help of this new person, his speech therapist, he also, they also figure out how to uh, give him his voice synthesizer. The thing that we all know what he sounds like. Like, everybody make, made jokes about it and whatnot, but that was, like, revolutionary technology. Yeah. Especially for somebody who couldn't talk at all. And that still allowed him to do, like, pursue everything and still teach and all these different things. Which, if that doesn't seem like a little bit of magic to you, I, I, I don't know if we can talk. <laughs> like, honestly. Just math in general, not math in general, but like science in general, like Ryan was saying, is like, m- science and magic are very closely related, in my opinion. Because, realistically, A lot of it is just going off of people's intuition, and yes, they're using, like, they're using data we've collected and all these different little things, but in the end, stuff like the Big Bang Theory is literally just a theory. We don't actually know what happened to make us get here.
2: The Big Bang is a theory. Humans developing in any sort of way—they're all theories. Everything's but a theory. We talk about them as if they're fact, but they're not.
1: Everything is a theory. Even what we think it's we know evolution. about civilizations That's, is also a oh theory. Oh my god,
2: that was driving me nuts. <laughs> the theory of evolution is—it's a, a theory. I yeah. had to think of what what we're called—the whole thing—evolution.
1: Evolution. <laughs> evolution. Oh my god. But, like even even what we think we know about the Egyptians is just theorized by what we found in tombs and what we found left over from them. but we don't actually know what life was back then. But we pretend like we did. <laughs> so yeah
2: I feel like, well, it, it's definitely, well, specifically for them, it's also a thing of like language. So I was like, I was like, they didn't write anything down. I was like, no, they did. We can't fucking read it. The thing about like ancient Greek and like ancient Latin is like we have a stronger basis of reading that. The Egyptians girl, what is that? (laughs) All the all the anthropologists are really
1: sitting there like, What the fuck? What the fuck? They're looking at us. They want answers. I don't know, John. They're pictures,
2: John. I know. What does it say? I I don't don't know, Mary. I don't
1: know. God damn it. God damn it, God Mark, damn shut it up. up. <laughs> I don't know what the pictures mean. They're
2: pictures. Those aren't words. What does it mean? Oh, my God. Everybody became Jack Skellington trying to figure out Christmas. <laughs> That's anthropology. Him, what does it mean? What does it mean?
1: Goodness gracious. <sighs> Honestly. Oh, I guess. <sighs>
2: So if you want to hear more from us you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Mixedwitches Podcast Hold on, I uh,
1: Okay
2: You can also shoot us an email mixedwitchespodcast at gmail.com
1: Oh You can also <laughs> <laughs> You can also find us on Society6 at, at Mixed Witches Podcast or you can head over to our website, which is at mixed, Witches, which is at mixedwitchespodcast.squarespace.com. Yes. Peace. So yes. I I hope you enjoyed this episode. You know some more sacral chakra stuff and kundalini energy things that go together. Yep. I'm I'm enjoying these. Uh, intersecting topics quite a bit yes jeez oh god
2: sorry i'm looking at next topic
1: oh oh <laughs> god anyways hope you guys had a good time hope you, hope you guys learned something and we hope to see you guys next week bye
0: bye <laughs> My minds were getting faded, did not appreciate all that they created. We're chasing after that witch's brew. Damn, 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 damn. Thinking more, but doing less. Keeping score, but failing at the test, y'all. Chasing after that witch's brew. Damn, 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 damn. Chasing after that witch's brew. you got nothing better to do. Cause you're sailing down the easiest street again Damn! X marks the spot, or is it Oh, Getting hiding, feeling so low Chasing after that witch's brew Damn, 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 damn Flash you chasing after that bitch's rule.